Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to Podcast Sunday. I had a very restful weekend thus far, and I'm here to advocate for more rest. More rest for all of us probably out there. I have some concrete factors, as I've shared, someone named Rumi, who doesn't sleep very well. I have him to call out for my lack of sleep. I'm not sure what your reasoning is, if you have one. But something else that came to mind today, when I was just really feeling this deep sense of being tired, is that I think it's also just happening right now in that way world events, lack of world events, whatever you want to call it, things going on and energy we're all putting towards imagining our future, really. Imagining what will be, what will happen, will we do this, will we not do that? And I think that's deeply exhausting. So I would love support. And if you have tips on sort of staying out of the fray, you know, staying out of what's really not benefiting us to focus on right now, because it's so tempting. It's so tempting to give it attention, you know, give all of it our brain space. (sighs) And some days it feels like it's a problem to solve. But then other days, I think it takes hitting just this rock bottom of exhaustion on an emotional level to say, you know what, just for today, I'm going to try to not think about it. Not going to change anything. I know who I am. I know where I stand. I know which way I'm walking for the most part. And I'm just going to give it all a rest. So I think that has made me feel better. Not sure how you're all feeling out there, but it's something to consider just the energy that's always being put in to, oh man, I don't know what's going on outside, but I see a car moving very close to my window. Man, there's always an event. (laughs) Every time I record at home, uh, there's an event. So no apologies here, but one day, one day soon, I'll have my office set up and that'll be it. There will be no more distractions. So the deep sense of tiredness maybe personally, but I really do think it's a collective thing right now. Um, I'm sure there are other reasons for that. Uh, I'm not super into astrology and, and other things like that, really. Not enough to know, you know, why one would feel so tired right now um, on, on a collective level. But I think just common sense tells me that it's it's just what's happening. And we've spent the last whatever it is, right, 18 months in this altered place collectively 
and it's hard. It's, it's tiring to, to do that. It's tiring to think ahead and, and maybe keep up appearances in certain ways that we all are just to kind of hold it together. And, you know, family and friends might be going another direction and there's an extra stress from that and, and sense of, again, this, this tiredness. I don't know what other word to use. So just acknowledging that for myself today, not sure if you'll find it um, something that you resonate with, but I think this will play into a little bit more about the gift model, which I wanted to share about today, um, because I do think it's this feeling of being done with the old and sometimes exhaustion comes from that place. It's like what you're doing is not working, right? Like with Rumi, uh, it's not working. And, and not to say I have a fix for that. That's a whole different topic. Um, but it's not really working. I'm tired. And so all the ways that the world is spinning right now and has been for many, many years, many decades, I think we're just waking up now collectively to all of the things that truly are broken beyond repair. And so I was wondering out loud, uh, of course, to Jason, mostly here, um, you know, have we collectively, like, have we made any strides for humanity? Like, take a look uh, when you're out, right, at, at your local grocery store and whatever, and it feels like, no, we have not look where we are. And it's so easy to paint this depressing picture by what we see externally. And I get it. I'm totally there with you. But he had a very optimistic answer. He said, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Things have changed for the better. And this is all good. And it was just the answer I needed the other day to not believe it just because I need something to believe, but to tune in to that part of myself that does know that this is for our growth, whatever, whatever that is, right? We all chose to be here during this time. Um, Our souls have requested this path. (sighs) So maybe that's the sense of tiredness as well is kind of shunning the path we're on sometimes. And you know, feeling like this could not be right. <laughs> How could I have asked to be at earth, on earth at this time? Um, I did not sign up for this kind of thing. But no, we did. So maybe it's just embracing what is more and taking a rest when we need to and patting ourselves on the back, patting each other on the back and saying, you know, this this is hard work sometimes. Being a human can just be hard. And what we're going through in history is definitely something we haven't done before, or at least in this way. So that's my little Sunday sermon on being tired and where that might be originating from. And again, pointing it back to what I actually want to talk about, which is this new thing. Um, When we get so tired of the old, then we sometimes quit what we're doing, right? And we say, I can't do it anymore. We throw up our hands. Uh, we, we throw the plans in the garbage, you know, like we make changes when we get to a place where it's not working. And so I guess talking about this gift economy, um, is my way right now of spreading my wings and expanding what I thought I knew, what I thought I wanted 
because I think the new world ahead is requesting this of us. And if we want to believe, and we don't have to, if we want to believe that all of this chaos and madness is actually for good, then we need to come up with what that is for us. We're not all going to, uh, you know, reconstruct Rome. I mean, I'm not planning on it either, but we all have our minor personal ways and within our own families and our own communities of restructuring. So that's what this conversation is for me. And just full disclaimer, I don't have more to say about it than I do. And that's kind of a funny thing to say. Nathan and I chatted about this on one of our last podcasts. So check that out if you haven't. And I think it's episode 11 on the gift economy. And it's just a short 20, 25 minute chat. It was so nice to have that with him. And I hope we can expand on that soon into the future. And I know we will in the right time as we both explore this whole idea more within our own community and the work that we're doing. So it will be in perfect timing. And the conversation was so helpful, like just to have a friend to talk about it with and and to share that all with you. Um, So today is my monologue version of some of the other things I've been thinking about, some of the things we probably didn't quite hit on on the podcast we did together. And that one, by the way, if you really haven't seen it yet, it's called The One About the Midwife and the OB. So find that on iTunes. We're 11 episodes in, and you can see what you think. So this idea of gifting. Gifting, I really do like that word. Sometimes the other phrase of, you know, gift model, gift economy sounds very dry or male or something. Um, And, you know, I want to say that for me, I appreciate that it has been put out there in that way, you know, by Charles Eisenstein, which we definitely talked about. Um, I know there are other people as well. So honoring those people that have come before many years ago, this isn't like brand new here. Uh, at least, you know, it isn't to many of us. It's just taken the right timing to figure out how and when we'd incorporate this into our own lives. But the phrase gift model, um, I think it just is what it is, you know, and I feel that for me, it really just speaks to this idea of creating, creating and serving from the heart. And being open to all the other complex discussions that do come in for normal humans that make money and survive at this moment in time with, you know, at least here, uh, the dollar, right? So there's all kinds of fun things that this could be about, but I'm going to try and keep it simple today and just highlight a few of the reasons or not even reasons, maybe discussion points that this gift economy or this gifting idea has come in as a thing I need to try. And I've, without knowing it, been planning for almost without being aware of what I was doing. So to just give some brief background on that, and I know some of you know all these things already, the last year and Rumi's birth and moving and just having this general feel of not just dissatisfaction with working in birth as a midwife. Um, Yeah, definitely some of that, but more this yearning, um, this yearning to 
do something better with my life, <laughs> like better with my time and my energy because I love being home. I'm a cancer mostly in the truest sense of the word. Um, I don't have a really strong drive to go out and hang with people or go to parties or, you know, even travel at least at this moment in time. So I'm very content just being home, especially on this new property. Um, so it, it takes a lot for me to want to like go into the world and, and do things. And the point it got to with attending births and caring for clients, um, was that it started to feel really draining and that's totally on me. These were beautiful people and, you know, wasn't or isn't a commentary on working with anyone in particular. It was just me feeling like drained. And sure, I think some of that goes back to this idea of rest and resting when we need to. And the best thing about rest, really, if you didn't know, if you're someone like me that sometimes finds it hard to rest, the best thing about rest is that it not only lets you rest and recalibrate, but it often allows new seeds to be planted, seeds that would never come in if you just keep going. And I can't really explain that, except there's something about the downtime that allows for maybe deeper messages to come in, you know, higher guidance, whatever you want to call it. So in the midst of feeling burnt out and dissatisfied, the answer was rest. And for six months, I didn't do real birth stuff, you know, in person. Wasn't attending births the last six months, mostly just doing virtual stuff, which was really nourishing, actually, and really helped me start to create some of the ways I want to be in real life with people. So even though six months really in the grand scheme of things um, probably isn't a super long rest, um, it, it has felt it has felt good. And along with moving, it has just felt like a lifetime ago, actually, <laughs> that I was in Sedona attending births. Seems like forever ago. Oh, poor Rumi. I don't think you can hear him, but it's always so hard to hear him cry when I'm not right there with him. And he's another reason. I'm pretty sure he's our last baby. Um, and regardless, I've just had this really, really strong pull and desire to be with him. Um, and not to say I didn't want to be with my other kids, but there's something different about him. And we're really bonded. We're really attached. And so it's hard for me to leave him uh, even to just like go out for a little bit. I do do that and I do enjoy that, but it is hard. So another reason why going off to do stuff that wasn't feeling really, really aligned and passionate just wasn't working for me anymore. So, um, you know, of course in there, there have been many discussions, there have been many hours of pondering and thinking and pulling cards and all kinds of divination tools and, you know, all of that good stuff to just get more insight from my higher self, from the universe too, um, in what is next? What is next? <sighs> and that's really hard to just spit out as a phrase, like I don't know what to call it. Um, I'm sure 
it's a version of midwifery because I do imagine still caring for women in their pregnancies and, and still attending births. But I guess the gift model has shifted. Maybe what's that that is called? I'm not quite sure. Or it's just taking it back perhaps to some other time in space, which is what I often imagine. And I could be wrong about that. I could be right. I don't really know. I guess I just feel in my bones that there was a time when midwives were midwives and money wasn't really a part of the equation, but yet they were highly valued. And I've talked about all of this on other podcasts, so I'm not going to ramble on, but you know, highly valued, supported by the community and basically taken care of. So this gift model is that desire, but it's a risk in a sense, because that's not the way our lives really are at the moment, but it's looking ahead to what they could be. And it's that feeling of jumping off a cliff um, and, and taking this risk that is maybe this won't work. You know, maybe this won't be what I want. Maybe this won't be what other people want. Maybe this won't be sustainable. Um, Maybe I'll get burnt out again. Maybe I have to, you know, accept money for that to be fulfilling. You know, there's just those honest things that could happen. Uh, Maybe it's the wrong time. You know, maybe, maybe this is something to ponder, but that's all. Maybe this isn't meant to be put into practice. And so I have no answers. I have no answers about any of that, except it's a risk I'm willing to take. And it's one I'm willing to share um, with you all in the hopes that you can support it in the ways that you do. Um, Not just me personally, but this idea. So if we're going to create thought forms, there's all kinds of crazy, fearful, awful thought forms in the world, especially right now. Um, if, if we know that those exist, and I think they exist, then why not create one of our own? Why not one at a time join in and say, yeah, this is something I get, or at least I'm willing to try out. I want to experiment with this in my community, whether I'm an acupuncturist or a doctor or um, another kind of healer or whatever. Like, honestly, it could be anybody. And I know that there's part of this that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make financial sense. And I think there's something to that phrase, you know, altogether that maybe we should all be considering. But I also just understand that factually, like from a from a math perspective, um, that people are just going to be shaking their heads saying, I don't understand. If you're not charging money and you're not making money, you know, how does the world go round? And again, I would say, I don't know. It it wouldn't right now. It wouldn't if I'm the only one to do this. And it and it won't if you're the only one to do this in your community. But the idea is to be um a radical trailblazer, really, and and not just to be one, but to actually take the steps to do something that people aren't doing in hopes of creating something later, even if I'm not here to see it. And that could very well be what happens. But I do feel strongly in my heart that the world is shifting more towards this, more towards giving our talents to each other and receiving what we also need without this log 
of plus and minuses being exchanged because some people are always going to have more pluses and some are always going to have more minuses. And really, it's just this game, this game that we've all gotten fairly good at just to survive. And isn't that just so crazy? If we could change that for our children or our grandchildren, wouldn't we? You know, isn't it time that it stops? Uh, There is no shortage of resources. And, you know, this is something we talked about on our podcast. Nathan had lots of cool things to remind us about there. So go listen. Um, But, you know, food shortages and, and people starving and it's all insane, right? So it's easy to be like, oh my gosh, well, there's nothing I can do about children starving in Africa, really. You know, what can I really do here? Um, You're right. You might not be able to shift that today, but what you can do is something like this, a gift model, or consider it and start to embody this energy that there is abundance. There is abundance and you have trust and faith in the universe that the abundance will remain, whether it takes different forms or comes back tenfold. And really, who better to take the risk than people like us? Um, you know, I don't, although there's so many stories out there, and I know I listened to Charles Eisenstein tell a few on his podcast, um, although people who have literally nothing, like not nothing in the bank, nothing, but like actually nothing, maybe not even a house with a floor. Those are the people that are already good and practiced at giving. So go figure that one. It's not like, uh, you know, because you have more, you're somehow better suited. We might be not well suited really emotionally and, and spiritually for taking this on because we just can't get over the dollars and cents and, and all of that. So Um, It is quite a leap. And again, I don't have the ways that this is all going to work. (sighs) But it's nice to just speak about it and um, put into practice this gift model. So what does that mean? It means I'm gifting midwifery services. So pregnancy care, birth attendance and postpartum care to women here in my area. And That feels really cool to say, but the nitty gritty of it is, again, what we all have and I have for sure to work through to actually embody this rather than having it be just a cool thing to say and, you know, be patted on the back for and, oh, isn't she just so generous or whatever other things people might think. Um, Oh, well, she just must make a ton of money other ways. So that's how that works. You know, all the excuses that people will also make for for themselves, really, to not consider how doing such a thing is possible. So I don't want to pat on the back, um, but I do want to share that that's my plan here. And, you know, I don't know what that ultimately means because I've never done it before. So... I am even at the beginning stages of, does this mean that it's for everyone, right? Everyone I would meet here that's pregnant and wants a home birth. And I think already the answer is no. I think there are people that this gift is appropriate for and and will receive it in whatever ways. 
And there are people that it won't be appropriate for. And I don't think there's shame in that. So this is not free. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then, you know, do some reading online or, or whatever. Um, this is not free. Free is entirely different. And I've done that. I've experimented with that as well. And that has not felt good. And those stories don't have like the best feeling or like, um, I don't know. I mean, they end up sounding more just like charity cases, which sometimes they are and sometimes they're not. Uh, but they don't feel equivocal in any kind of way. Whereas the gifting model poses this idea that if I'm gifting you midwifery services, because that's my talent, that's my way of giving, um, that you will give as well. And that's the huge open-ended question. And I think what most people might be pondering or wondering about. So what does that mean? You know, if I give someone midwifery services, like what are they supposed to do? You know, what are they supposed to give back? And that answer also is, I don't know. What do you want to give back? Maybe it's to me. Maybe it's to our community, um, especially with whatever way the world could potentially go. Like, what is needed. And I think we don't quite even know a lot of the solutions and answers that we might be happening upon um, if things were to really go down. But right now, just the way things are, uh, what do I give back? Well, um, the whole idea of the gifting model is, is to really not prompt people too much. However, I think there is a discussion and just this last week, Margot sent out a newsletter saying sort of like the same thing. You know, if you're a supporter of Indie Birth and you've appreciated our content over the years, all these free podcasts, 13 moons, pay what you can, etc. If you are grateful, um, we don't expect anything. But if you are grateful, here's a list. Like here are some ideas because you might not know us well enough. Maybe you're brand new. And maybe you really want to give back, but you're not quite sure. So I think it is helpful to have ideas for people, but the expectation is what we attempt. We try our best to leave out. So we could give people a list, but we don't expect that they do all the things or do a particular thing um, or, you know, secretly wish they would give us a million dollars like that could happen. But hopefully if that ever does happen, it comes from somebody that is just so grateful and that's their idea, right? That's their strong suit. Maybe they won their lottery, so that would be appropriate, right? Um, but it's also not even our job to comment on what's appropriate and what's not. It's simply, if you're grateful, you may give back and we will openly receive, even if you know, on paper, and this is where bartering is different, even if on paper, it's less than what a midwife would cost. Um, or maybe it's more than a midwife would cost. We're not quantifying it because that would negate the whole idea of a gift, right? Isn't it really bad to leave a price tag on a gift, right? We have all these weird customs around gifts because we don't really need people to know, in a sense, the monetary value if it's a gift. The idea is a gift is given with your heart. And like we say to our children, right, they make us something. 
Um, or, you know, it's your birthday and your kids are like, hey, mom, I didn't buy you anything. I'm sorry, but here's a card. It's like, no, of course, a card has heart. You don't need to buy me a thing. You don't need to spend money to show appreciation and gratefulness. So same thing. All of these, I think some of them, at least not all, um, some are customary cultural things perhaps that we could look more closely at and change. And some are probably already inherently right on with the gift model. And I think those are a couple of examples. So with midwifery care, I don't know. I haven't been doing this long enough to know what people might give back. Um, If they do, right? Maybe there will be people that don't feel grateful. They don't really appreciate it for whatever reason. And to that, Charles Eisenstein would say, well, you gave the gift to the wrong person. So I think I have to, and this goes for the the clients, the the pregnant women as well, um, we have to be sure of our energetic match together. And, you know, that's another sub-conversation. Like when it is known to people around here, perhaps, that the midwifery care is a gift to the right match, um, you know, will they want it, right? Just because... Maybe they don't want to spend money on a home birth. Like there's all kinds of things that have been rolling around in my head and I don't quite know and I haven't gotten farther than I've gotten. So I think for now it has to feel like the right match. And if I feel like it's not, then it's not a gift that I want to give. And that might be weird, uh, but honestly, it's no different than when I charged money. There were people that it wasn't right to work with and and they weren't right to work with me and vice versa. So it's no different. And I think just keeping that in mind um, is helpful. And I'm sure it'll be really educational to see what people come up with as they ask me questions or, you know, sensing their energy around it is something I'm curious about doing. So maybe somebody doesn't know that, right? They come and they are the right match. And it's like, hey, like, let me explain the gift model to you. Um, I'm offering my midwifery services to people that I resonate with in this community as a gift. And, you know, in return, um, you repay the gift as you're able and to whom you're able. It can be someone else in the community. And of course, there's lots behind this. So I have a whole document outlining it for people to read. And Margot and I have a new mini course on our social. And of course, it's a gift. The course is a gift. So uh, find me or email me or, you know, whatever. Get us on our social, social social.indiebirth.org. And you can take our free mini course on gift economy so that you can learn more because it's way more than I can put into a podcast. And I think as we are both learning some of these other things and conversations and items to consider, we'll probably add it there too, so that we can all learn together. Uh, So there's so many things I haven't even thought about yet, but that's kind of where I'm at is just approaching it this way, having this conversation, um, reading people's energy as best I can. You know, are they open to this gift? Um, Some people are, some people aren't. Some people I think are really excited to give back because they're like, whoa, like this is awesome. Like I get it. And, you know, we do this thing and we could help with this thing. And then other people, and and there's no bad or good, I don't think, um, other people will just take their time. Maybe they don't have anything to give right now. You know, they're busy with this pregnancy. They're 
growing this baby and they just kind of are grateful and I'm sure they'll kind of tuck it away and I don't know, maybe it'll be months later, maybe it'll be years later. Um, But I think it definitely creates a stronger bond of just love between people, less transactional, less, you know, okay, let's um, ring up for today, you know, and, and there's something wrong with that in a sense. We've all been doing that our whole lives and we get accustomed to it. You know, I didn't feel awkwardness around that either. You know, we agreed on a price for midwifery care. It's this amount and collecting that money is not something that I felt weird about. So, um, that's a whole other thing. And I think we only can know that for ourselves. Like, are we coming at this because we're afraid of money and value? Do we think we're not valuable? Um, all of these conversations kind of fall under this chapter called gift economy. And for me, I just know that I've worked with that stuff um, and I feel pretty clear. So it doesn't feel like that to me at all. It doesn't feel like I'm trying to run from something because, you know, I don't think midwifery services are worth it. However, um, if I'm going to be really honest, you know, part of the burnout was feeling like, I don't know if this will ever be worth on paper, you know, with a dollar, the energy that I put in. So part of me did say to myself, why don't you stop trying to make value of something that is so beyond value? And I say that, I hope, with no arrogance it's not me that's valuable. I mean, this gift of midwifery, this archetype of the midwife, that is the value. That is what is valuable. Um, and so it's just sort of acceptance in, in a way of, I don't know that that's ever going to come back in this monetary system as something that's like, hell yes, you know, we should all be midwives. We'll be swimming in money. no. Um, But that's not why at the deepest level I do this work. And so I think that's another thing to consider. If money is really all that's driving you with whatever you do, uh, the gift economy is a challenge because it will feel like, oh no, there's no way. And I think there is just normal roadblocks there, even if it is something you should be doing. But I think back to when I did music and even now, if I did that again, if I was a musician again, Um, I don't think I would be offering that as a gift. I mean, maybe rarely, but not as a way of life. So I think the gifts we offer, of course, are super individual and they have to be just right. And they can't be just because someone else is doing it. And they can't be because, oh, I feel like I should do that thing. Um, Or, you know, I should be more generous. It honestly has to come from your heart. And, and light you up inside, you know, to think I'm giving this, I'm being me and that is the gift. And I hope in return, other people are them. I hope they are so them and so uniquely them. And I hope I get to receive the gift of them. You know, that's really, really, truly what it's about. So I actually did write or yeah, sort of write a couple things down, but I have to find them. Yeah, I guess one thing um, that is interesting to ponder in this gift model is that value happens outside of the monetary system, right? And the value is up to the receiver of the gift. So just think about that for a minute. So as a midwife, you know, I could say, 
back when money was a part of the equation, I put the value. I said, I charge $5,000 for blah, 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 right? And then people could say, yes, no, maybe, whatever. But now when I say, hey, this is a gift, they need to weigh the importance of this gift for them. And like I said, maybe to some people, that would be a million dollars if, you know, if they had it or whatever, but just in importance, if we had to like put a value because we're so addicted to like, how much is that worth? But I'm not in charge of that. So that's really humbling. And I'm sure will teach me a lot and will mess with my mind and mess with my own ego and my own expectations. Um, because there might be people who they're super grateful and, you know, I don't know, like I'm trying to think of something that in my mind doesn't seem like a lot, but I don't, I don't want to sort of even put out, put that out there. But let's just say they were returning a gift with something that to me was like, eh, you know, that's not super special or whatever. Well, too bad, right? I've given, now it's their turn to give and they're returning with how they feel it is appropriate. And then of course, um, we want to be grateful. So we don't want to challenge that. And I think that's all really interesting because sometimes we give people gifts that don't have any monetary value. People give gifts that don't have a value. It's maybe just their kindness or their time. We try to put a monetary value on time, but that's really hard. So someone donates their time to you. So then you have to decide, what am I going to give back? You know, what is it worth to me? And communicate that. And I think we would all get so much better at communicating with each other. Um, I know for sure that I have a long ways to go with that because it's deconditioning, right? It's getting all of these other things out of your consciousness um, after you work through them, of course, right? So it's like dealing with all the cobwebs that come up around all of these things so that you can purely give. You can either give to or give back. And I think that's the ideal world. That's what I'm holding in my heart as the place I want to move, whether the grid crashes or not. I think it's a great way to go. Um, And I look forward to seeing how this is going. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) My final, and, and only for now final, because this is getting long, my final thought um, is around this idea of controlling what people do and what they don't do, especially in birth. And the utopia there being, if there wasn't money, if there wasn't licensing, if there wasn't all of these constrictions that we've all agreed to, and that's the honest truth, right? Then we also wouldn't have people feeling constricted around their choices and not only their choice of where to birth, how to birth, but the care providers. Um, no, I can't do that. My license says I can't. So in, in short speak, licensing could easily be abolished overnight without the use of money. And I know that's not entirely new, but it came to me as a newer thought lately. And I remember sharing that with Nathan, if you're listening, um, because it was like a light bulb went off, you know, uh, licensing could just be a thing of the past tomorrow. And right, then all of the conversations around, well, then how do we do this thing? And how do we do that? Yes, we would have to have those and figure it out. But overnight, 
we could say, sorry, licensing board, don't need you. And it's not a criminal act of any kind to gift my friends and my many friends around town and people I don't even know midwifery services. In fact, if you didn't know, that is the actual fine print in most states around licensing for midwives anyway, and probably any professional. If you're not taking money for it, it doesn't fall under this protection or, you know, fake protection really, but um, it doesn't fall under the jurisdiction of a license or a licensing board. So how interesting, isn't it? And then you think, oh man, our whole world, our whole our whole society has been set up on purpose to just make people hate each other and go against each other and one-up each other, right? With money, with control. So not going to get into all that today, but I thought that was a really fun and really expansive kind of thought to leave you with. Um, And I wouldn't say, again, that that would be the reason to do it. So I know for years and years and decades, I'm sure, since licensing has been instituted in many states, um, there's always been midwives who have worked for free. That's not a new thing. And maybe they consider it more of a charity act, and that's great. You know, maybe it's under a church guys or who knows what. So it's not new for midwives to work for free, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about being a free midwife because I don't personally value that and I don't want the future to look like that. Um, But offering gifts of this is entirely different and would make a license just so yesterday. All right, everybody, that's all I have time for today. I would love to hear your continued thoughts on the gift economy or gift model. Uh, I want you to see what you think. Take our free mini course over at the social and maybe try it out in your community. Maybe just see how that would look and feel for you and let me know. I'd love to see where this is all going. I think it's somewhere really good, uh, but I don't quite know yet. So we'll keep you updated on my end and I hope you'll do the same. Have a great week.